Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Literary Ladies. My name's Melanie. And I'm KP. And we are going to be talking about The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins today. And I don't know about you, KP, but I love this book. I think I read it in like two and a half days. Yeah, you read it so fast. Um, I've read it a lot faster than I usually read books. Sometimes it takes me like a week or two to get through one, but this one was super quick. It flew by compared to our last one, because that one took like quite a long time to read and or for me listen to since I'm an audible queen. But um, yeah, this one went by super fast and for good reason, because I really liked it. Um, So as a little synopsis of this book, by the way, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't read it and you want to probably pause this and come back at a later date after you've read it. Um, but for a little synopsis, it's basically, um, it gets to other point of views, um, but it starts off in the point of view of this woman named Jane and she grew up in the foster care system and you kind of hear a little bit about her life being weird and kind of like she ran away from something, but she's pretty, um, poor and just walks dogs in this neighborhood. That's like super fancy, like million dollar homes and, um, ends up almost getting hit by this man named Eddie and they kind of hit it off and start this relationship and come to find out his, wife is missing and her best friend was murdered and yeah it's just a big mystery thriller plot twists at the end we'll get into all of that but definitely check it out because it was good (laughs) and I do have a funny story to start but it was not funny in the moment so I already told you about this but my mom reads like religiously like every book I go to her and I'm like oh I'm about to read this she's like oh I read that like 12 years ago and I'm like okay great and so she reads a lot and so I went to her and I said did you read this book yet and she goes oh um isn't that the book about the guy who keeps his wife in the attic Uh, and I was like um I don't know I literally just started it oh no luckily that wasn't like the big plot twist of it (laughs) so that's good I'm glad you didn't give away like the actual ending (laughs) I know I was like I'm this is like you're like the type of person that goes to the movies and you've already seen the movie and you're like oh the guy dies at the end Mm -hmm. yeah because it gets into like B's point of view but it starts like right after the accident and stuff happens so you don't know like is she still alive currently until the end and it gets more and more further along in the book so We've got some questions. I want to talk about all the theories I had throughout the book because I had a lot, Um, but we will dive into question number one, which is which character did you connect with most um, and how did your opinion of that character and the others change throughout the course of the book? So I can't say I like connected with any of the characters because they were all like kind of crazy town. Uh Um, But I liked Jane's storyline the most, obviously, because it was like the most mysterious. You didn't know why she was in this town, what her backstory was. I liked the storyline with John, uh, her roommate, Mm because I thought that that was like the uh, gift that kept on giving. Like you thought he was gone and then he would come back and then he would say like, oh, I need more money for my church. And that I thought that was like such an interesting dynamic. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that she was the most interesting to read throughout the book, mm-hmm. her perspective. Yeah, John was such a sleaze ball. I did not like him. I did not appreciate him doing that and being like, hey, my church needs some money. And like he uses it for himself and the church never got any speakers. And I thought it was freaking hilarious that she donated the money to the church at the end. And then they were going to like announce that they had donated it for the rest of forever <laughs> at every service after that. I thought that was so funny. Um, I, so this is funny because you know who I put, I connected with most was Emily, except for at the end of the book, she kind of treated Jane like a jerk when she like offered to have her stay, but then started making her do errands and stuff. That was not cool. But, um, yeah, I definitely, I liked Jane in the beginning. I didn't like when she started trying to like assimilate into this rich girl click and tried to be like all the other women that kind of made me not like her as much but I definitely liked her in the beginning because she's like this scrappy little woman who you know she like ran away from something but you're not sure what and yeah she she definitely had an interesting story that's for sure yeah and to kind of go back to when she went to the church and she did that I was like you are such a badass like you're going in there saying I already called Phoenix I already cleared my name they're never gonna call you again they're never gonna call me again and by the way I'm donating to your church and you have to hear my name the rest of your life I was like this is great yeah this connection that you have with the private investigator yeah he thinks you're like a creep who's stalking me (laughs) yeah yeah that was really cool yep all right next questions uh the characters were strongly affected affectedly (laughs) whoever wrote these questions was not me okay these characters were strongly affected by their childhood experiences Mm -hmm. how did those experiences affect their adult choices both negatively and positively I like this question because I really started to think about it because I didn't really like think like, oh, their childhoods were so important until I like saw this question. So I was thinking with um, Eddie. So he started off from like not a super um, wealthy family. And so then he started to go after women and use them for their money and just like bouncing around from woman, woman to woman, but that kind of stopped with Jane, but so that's kind of like negative going into a positive. And then Jane, because of her kind of going around to all the different foster homes, like she didn't trust anyone. You could see that when she got into the relationship with Eddie. Um, I mean, lo and behold, he had a reason not to be trusted, but she kind of had her guard up from the beginning and was even she would like lie to people because she didn't want them to know who she really was, even though her and Eddie were kind of similar in that way because he kind of wrote off his family and she didn't want anyone to find her either. So yeah, but I I can see how their childhood specifically definitely influence them in both positive and negative ways and then b the only thing with her would be just her 
um, like relationship with Blanche in college. And really, I think she used her, she was like codependent on her, not codependent. She was just dependent because Blanche really wasn't dependent on her, but, um, yeah. And I think she kind of was shell shocked when Blanche was like, well, why are you trying to go to the same college as me? And then their relationship kind of got torn apart with her copying everything that Blanche did. (laughs) Oh Yeah. How about you? What did you think? Um, so I really only focus on Jane. I think that she just wanted like someone to love her and to like show that they cared about her because she never really got that in life. Yeah. Um, she did have that with her foster sister, but then seeing that her foster sister died and no one really cared, I think that like put an even bigger wall up for her to be like, yeah, I'm not going to care about people because the one person I cared about ended up dying like she could have lived if that foster family brought her to the hospital but they didn't yeah um and yeah I think with B I mean she obviously had some resentment towards her mom and her drinking and that's Mm -hmm. why she ended up murdering her um and yeah the whole situation with Blanche and Blanche saying oh B's copied me my whole life that went so back and forth that I was like I don't know who I believe I don't know if like B actually does copy Blanche's life or if Blanche is just this like drama queen that makes up this craziness yeah I I almost think that B is I don't know the appropriate psychological term for her but basically like from her childhood she's been murdering people and then it's almost like she sees Blanche as this normal woman who has like all of these achievements and she wants to mimic that. And maybe she doesn't know how to do that as a normal, like functioning person. So the only way she can is to copy exactly what she's doing. And she knows like that other people are going to like that. And that's how she builds her business. (laughs) Yeah. I totally think that you're right about that. I think that she, I mean, she got into this community that she lives and like everyone is the same. And I essentially that's like B's dream is for everyone to be like this cookie cookie cutter person that shops at Southern Manor. Mm -hmm. They're all the same. No one has their real like own identity. Everyone just shares an identity. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, that that was kind of a crazy story, just her like storyline. So the next question, the novel makes a strong case that you never really know a person. Do you believe that? Why or why not? I mean, I think it's true to an extent. I think there's parts of everyone that we don't share with others, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's as dramatic as the book where it's like, oh, I'm actually a serial killer. (laughs) Um, You don't know that because I just haven't been caught by you yet. Whoops. (laughs) I feel like to an extent, yeah, everyone has the parts of them that they keep like to themselves. Yeah. I don't know, not like dramatically. Right. I, I kind of put something similar where I just said that I think people can sense whether someone is like inherently good or evil or bad. Um, but to go as far as to say, like, 
you never really know someone like, yeah, of course you don't know like someone's entire thoughts and actions and anything like that. Like no matter if you're in a relationship with them or they're your own child or what. So, um, yeah, I think, so I think like on the surface, you can kind of get an idea about people, but yeah, people can always surprise you. (laughs) True that. So the next question is, what do you think Eddie saw in Jane when he first met her? What were his motivations for advancing their relationship? So I think he had spent his whole life. I kind of talked about this a little earlier, like going for these women who would help him become more prosperous in life. And then with Jane, I think he saw someone that was just complete opposite of that and everything that he knew in his life, like even in that neighborhood that he was in, just completely different from all the women. And then it was kind of funny that she tried to then be like these women who she was so different from, but I think that that was the main, um, draw for him when he Mm -hmm. met Jane. Yeah. I think that he like saw her kind of as like someone need needing to be saved so he kind of stepped in to be that person for her I mean Mm -hmm. he had all this money he had this big house he saw where she lived and I'm sure he was like oh she lives in the shitty apartment and she's gonna come move in with me and be my fiance um I don't know if he like ever actually loved her Mm -hmm. I don't know if he ever would have married her because like he did really like love B. Mm-hmm. And that love never went away. Yeah. He just didn't know what to do with her because she killed someone. She killed two people and he didn't know like how to live life like that with her. Well, he didn't kill. Did he kill two people? He didn't kill Blanche. No, B killed two people. She killed oh, yeah, Blanche yeah. and her mom. Yeah. 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 Um, weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that he, I don't know. I feel like maybe he thought that he could love her. Like, I think that he was really infatuated with her, like right at the start. But yeah, I think that especially once him and B started getting closer again in that room, when he would go take her things and he would even visit, like when she didn't need supplies, he just would Mm -hmm. bring her more stuff. So I think that he realized like, oh, actually I still like this woman that I'm married to that's not dead (laughs) living in my attic that's yeah exactly um okay so it was implied that maybe Eddie and B somehow survived the fire at the end of the novel what do you think happened I think that there's no way Eddie did he was so hurt after Jane attacked him I don't think he would have been able to get out of the house during the fire Um, And I don't think B would have been able to, like, get him out of the house. Hmm. Um, I think B survived. That's my theory. Okay. She made it out. Okay. Do we know how the fire started? No. Okay. So here's, here's what I think. I think they both survived because he was talking about how he's the only one who knows how to get out of this panic room. It's very dangerous the way that he had to get out. So I'm like, okay, I think he's, he's the one that caused the fire like that, that whatever he had to do must've had to do with that. I don't know 
what it would have been. And I wish they would have gone into more detail, but obviously they wanted to leave the ending kind of open for them. But I, I just feel like they definitely survived, especially because when they went to tell Jane that they didn't survive, they were like, oh yeah, we just found teeth because the fire burned so hot. But those were just the teeth from when she knocked them out with the pineapple. So they didn't find any other bones or anything. So yeah, I think they definitely both survived. Uh, And I think that the fire just started because of however he had to get out. That is such an interesting thing. So I forgot that he talked about that like secret way of getting out of the room. Mm -hmm. Do you think that B got out that way as well? I think so too, because I just feel like they would have found some of their remains. Like if the teeth were there, obviously the the fire didn't burn hot enough to destroy them. So they would have found the other teeth too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like in a fire, if someone does die, you find the bones no matter like how hot it was. Yeah. Usually. So yeah, that is weird that they didn't find any bones and they found a bunch of teeth. Yeah, so I'm totally on the, they got out of that house and they went somewhere to be together. Maybe to the lake house, who knows? <laughs> um, so that kind of brings us to our next question. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that Eddie changed his will to bring over to Jane? Yeah, so I think that he knew he was going to have to do something with B soon because it had already been like a year since all of that happened and he couldn't just keep her living there forever and Mary Jane (laughs) and have nothing happen. Plus, like he said, she was getting closer to figuring it out. Like every day she heard the thumping upstairs and obviously she found that book eventually. But um, so I think just as like a safe, way to keep the money somewhere he just gave it to her so that b wouldn't have access to it again mm-hmm. do you, i think that's so interesting that b was smart enough to put the book in the coat pocket thinking that jane would probably find it yeah like, that's genius like that's really freaking smart yeah it, it was kind of funny how she was like oh she wrote i didn't realize when she was writing that she wrote over the other words I didn't realize that either. Yeah, when Jane talked about reading it in the book, she was like talking about it being scribbled over top of the other like actual book printed words. Like, why don't you just write in the margins or something? (laughs) Weird. I know. Psychopathic behavior. (laughs) Um, What about you? What did you think about that? Um, I thought it was so confusing. I mean, I it like kind of makes sense but like the money most of the money wasn't even his so if b was found to be alive that would not be jane's money to take because it would just be the eddie's money that he left but most of eddie's money was b's money from her business yeah right yeah i think it was like stocks that she had in the business or something like that Um, okay. So this brings us to our last, um, question on here before I get to asking about your other theories, if you had any, um, what are your feelings on ambiguous endings in books? I like them because I think that it like opens everyone's creative brain up to 
making their own like ending to figure out you know where they think the characters ended up and what actually happened yeah I agree and I don't think that this book necessarily had a super ambiguous ending other than Eddie and B you just wondering what happened to them but you're like cool Jane now has like anything she could ever want in life like she could she her life basically did a 360 in just a few months and she got a super stellar deal with like hundreds of millions of dollars at the end yeah when she said at the end of the book that she just went to buy like a small cabin in North Carolina or South Carolina one of the Carolinas Mm -hmm. I was like really you have like hundreds of millions of dollars and like you're just but I guess like you do you Jane but like I just think it's funny that she still decided to like live simply even though she could go like live an extravagant life if she wanted to. Yeah. You know what I just remembered that I wanted to mention when you brought up the death of the real Jane, which was her friend in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Um, The foster dad was like, I forget exactly what he said when she like begged them to take her to the hospital, but he was like, she'll be fine or blah, 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 something like that. And I wanted her to say that to him so bad when he was having his heart attack. I wanted her to be like, you'll be fine. But <laughs> instead she was just like, die. But I wanted her to repeat exactly what he had said to that girl. I thought that would have just been like a Mwah, chef's kiss moment. Yeah, I think that would have been great. One of the death moments that I found very disturbing was when B pushed her mom down the stairs and then just left her there overnight, but her mom was not dead. So she was just like slowly bleeding out all night and still alive. I was picturing that and I was like, oh my God, like that is the most disturbing thing. Right. So this, this girl is definitely like got some stuff going on. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you can go to sleep that night. Like you can sleep fine knowing your mom's at the bottom of the stairs, like partially alive. No. Um, So I want to know, did you have any other like theories or suspicions while you were reading the book? Because I had two different ones, I think. Not really. So let's dive into what you had. So the, when I first texted you saying that I like thought that I knew what was going on, I thought that I still assumed that Eddie was the killer, but I thought that the reason that he was um, bringing Jane into his life was to put the blame onto her because you know, when like people start dating someone like soon after their wife dies, you're like, Oh, like is there a reason like did they kill the wife so that they could inherit her like life insurance and did they plan this out together so I I and I don't necessarily think that that was going to be the case I just think that he was going to use her to pin it on her somehow so that was like my first first suspicion the second I actually realized that B was the one that did it because it was around the time when they started saying um, that Trip was actually at the um, lake house. When they said like, oh, he was there. I was like, okay, yeah, it, it was definitely her. Cause she, she brought him there to try and blame it on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like 
they drugged him. Well, they didn't. She drugged him. Yeah. And she even said in the book, like, Eddie royally fucked up her plan. Like, she was going to blame it on Trip. She was going to go on living her life. Yeah. And all that. And, like, it all is so, like, interesting how this author put so many, like, little details. Like, had Trip not called Eddie... Like, Eddie would not know that he was going there, so that Eddie wouldn't go there, and it just, like, just went from there. Yep, it it was good. Okay, so let's move on to our casting process. Should we start least important to important? Sorry, it just froze for a second. Um, Who do you want to start with? Let's start with Trip. Okay. So for Trip, I put Jake McDorman. I don't think I know who that if is. If you watch the show Greek, you will know who he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can see him as Trip. We both had like a very similar image of what Trip would look like in our heads. Okay. Who did you pick? Because I put Bradley Cooper. Oh, Yeah. So it was like we both kind of picked like kind of like a rugged looking guy who could look like homeless most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. Um, okay, so then let's do Blanche next. Um, I picked Margot Robbie. That's so funny. I picked Margot Robbie for B and I picked um, Scarlett Johansson for Blanche. Interesting. Okay, I can yeah. see both. That's so funny. That is funny. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, who to pick for what um, people. Yeah. Like, I was trying to figure out in my head what age range they were. Like, I figured the guys were older. Yeah. And then the women w- would be, like, in their 30s. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so you picked Margot Robbie for B, Yes. Right? Okay, so for B, I picked Leighton Meester from Oh, Gotham my, Robbie. this is so funny. I picked Leighton Meester for someone else. Stop! You I put her for Jane? I put her for Jane. Oh my gosh. So, That's wild. That is wild. What? What? <laughs> this is weird. Um, so for Jane, I picked Shailene Woodley. Oh, I love her. That's a good pick. Yeah. She already has kind of like done a role like this in Big Little Lies, where she uh-huh. kind of needs to like um fit in with this like upscale community so I was like I don't know but she yeah. did that part really well all right uh drum roll Eddie uh I picked Ed Westwick <gasps> love him because then it love would go with, then it would go with Lane Meester and we uh, can have Chuck and Blair again <laughs> And he could be such a bad guy. He was a bad guy for all of Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. So I can see it. Yeah. Um, I picked Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Yeah. That totally, yeah. I can see that too. Yeah. yeah. The reason I picked uh, Margot Robbie and Scarlett Johansson is because they're both blonde. And I was like, okay, B would totally like dye her hair blonde if she was like trying to be exactly like Blanche. And, um, then Margot Robbie kind of looked like someone who could play someone that would murder her best friend. So totally. 
that's why I picked her, <laughs> but that's funny with that. We had two, they were a little bit off, but I'm still going to call that a win for us. Cause it is a win. Yeah. Um, so I already saw your rating on Goodreads, but let everyone know what you would give this book out of five stars. I rated it a four out of five. Wow. Four out of five. Okay. I gave it five out of five because I loved it. I thought it was stellar. <laughs> Love that for you. Love that for me. So definitely would recommend. How about you? Would you recommend it with your four out of five over there? I would recommend it. I think it was very suspenseful you like didn't know what was going on I always like books that have so many different perspectives Mm -hmm. I like seeing how everyone thinks um yeah I would definitely recommend it to yeah I just I like um like you said things being suspenseful it makes you want to just continue listening you're like oh what's gonna happen next (laughs) yeah like yesterday I had 50% of the book done and I finished the book today by five o'clock Exactly. Worked worked today. So a lot of reading and some work. Wow, you read so fast on your lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, the next book that we are going to do is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And this has been on our want to read list for quite a while. So I'm excited to read it. I'll let you know the little synopsis I had written beside it. just kidding I deleted it but basically um an African-American woman is a babysitter or yeah I think she's watching a child and then gets accused of stealing the child so it's going to be a good one another like mystery thriller so that's exciting did you expect anything else from us (laughs) plus it's like a little bit of like social issues mixed in oh yeah I love that. I love yep. to stay woke. I love to, you know, I I like reading and being knowledgeable about social issues, especially in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. It's it's uh, nice when the worlds can combine and you can get a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so if you want to keep up to date with us, follow us on Instagram at literary ladies pod. You can email us at literary ladies pod at gmail.com. Give us your book suggestions, book recommendations, come laugh at our funny memes, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.